Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello there, friends, and welcome to Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. It is so wild to think that we're already 44 episodes in and really crazy to think that it was just around this time last year that I was starting to think really seriously about starting a podcast and doing some of that research, figuring out, do I even have enough content to start a podcast? Is anyone even interested in a podcast? And you know, what are those next steps? I think getting started on something is really half the battle and then kind of coming up with your game plan from there. And so I really cannot believe that that time has passed. If you told me this time last year that this is where we would be and that I'd have had so many of these incredible conversations and have learned as much as I did, I don't know if I would have believed you, but I am so grateful for the way things have turned out and I can't wait to see where we go next. If you're new here, I'm really glad that you found the show. I hope you'll stay a while and get to know some of our guests and their incredible stories and some of the wellness modalities and travel tips that they have. You know, we go to different topics from week to week, but I think the common theme here, as I've said before, we're talking about living our best lives and how to do that in a way that is accessible to as many of us as possible. Now, for those of you who come back to the show from week to week, I really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know I may sound like a broken record when I say this but I truly am grateful and would shout it from the rooftops if I could. Now to switch gears, I am so excited to introduce you to this week's guest. Kelly Lewis is a pioneer in the women's travel industry and is an incredible female founder. She started Damesley, a boutique women's tour company, and is the creator of Go Girl Guides, the world's first series of travel guidebooks designed specifically for women. Now, if that wasn't enough, and she's done even more than that, Kelly is also the author of the new book, Tell Her She Can't, Inspiring Stories of Unstoppable Women, and she has a podcast around the same theme. Now, if you've ever been told you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, smart enough to achieve the things that you want to achieve, this book is for you. It is the pep talk you need. You'll hear some incredible stories about other women who have forged their paths after being told that they couldn't. And Kelly shares her own story as well. In this episode, Kelly shares how we can reframe the obstacles in our lives and push past the naysayers, or in this book, we refer to them as the block makers, and how other women have done the same. We also talk about how to find meaning in our struggles, the importance of boundaries, why we need to share our own stories, and how travel has taught Kelly resilience. Kelly is truly amazing. I loved having the chance to connect with her. So enough from me. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I can't wait to really dive in and ask you all about all of the amazing things that you're doing. But before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Sure. My name is Kelly Lewis. I am the author of a brand new book that just came out called Tell Her She Can't, Inspiring Stories of Unstoppable Women. And before that, I was working actually in the women's travel space. Uh, In 2009, I started Go Girl Guides, which were the world's first series of travel guidebooks for women. 
And then came the Women's Travel Fest, which is an annual conference going into its eighth year. And then came Damesley, which is a small group women's tour company that I own. So I've been in the women's travel space for quite a while. And with this new book, I'm sort of venturing out into memoir and self-help and storytelling. I think all of that is so incredible and inspiring, and I can tell that we are kindred spirits with the wanderlust, and so I'll definitely have to ask you a little bit more about all the amazing things you've done in travel, but I'd love to know more about your book. What events in your own life inspired it, and why was now the time to write it? So it's so funny because, you know, 2020 was really not a great year for those of us in travel. (laughs) And um, But I also think that some really beautiful things happened in the year that, you know, everything stopped. So for me, 2020 was the year that I really got to reassess what I had prioritized in my life, how I was living it, and, you know, what more I felt I could contribute And I think, you know, I'd always wanted to write a book, but I just never really had the time or space or clarity to sit down and actually do it. And so, you know, after a few weeks of hiding under my covers when the pandemic first started, I really got the chance to say, you know, I can make the best of this. And that's sort of the story of of Tell Her She Can't in general. And um, it's certainly the story of my life. I grew up in Hawaii and um, very much was curious about the world around me and, you know, really wanted to explore it. But I was also raised in an environment and in a home that was pretty um, emotionally toxic and pretty emotionally abusive. And I was just constantly told, you know, over and over again that, I didn't fit in. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't going to make it, you know, and I I heard things like, oh, you're just, you're going to grow up and be a stain on society or like, you're never going to, you're never going to find happiness or success. Like really mean, hurtful things. And I think in that time period, and this started when I was about five and it went until I graduated high school and I moved out of my home three days after my graduation and moved 4,000 miles away. But in that time when things were really, really hard for me, I remember having like a specific conversation with my mother who came into my room and sat down on my bed and she said, you know, I know things are really difficult for you, but you have two choices you can let this define you or you can use it as fuel. And I remember thinking in that moment, like one day this is going to make me stronger. And I don't necessarily know like why all this is happening to me or what it's going to end up giving me. But I knew that I was strong enough to get through it. And I knew that I was, you know, I was determined (laughs) to show everyone that they were wrong and to prove it to myself. And so I've always kind of been stubborn to a fault. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm definitely going to do it. And I think that came from this place of defiance of like, you know, not allowing myself to believe all of these things that I was told and all the things that I was hearing and to really like trust that I was enough and I could do amazing things and I could go on and have success and happiness. And, and so from this spirit of defiance, like really my, my future was kind of forged. And I think, 
we don't really raise women to be defiant. You know, I think young girls mm-hmm. aren't taught to be strong-willed or to be, you know, to be defiant. And I actually think that that's really a disservice because I think that in the spark of defiance, that's actually like where change is born, you know? So I just had to kind of question everything and, and that continued for forever, <laughs> for the next 30 years. So, um, so yeah, so that's a little bit more about me and kind of what gave me the, the idea for this book was really like, I read a lot of self-help and personal development books, but I had never read a book that was like this book. I had never read a book that was like, you know what, prove everyone wrong. Like it's okay to feel that, to feel that fire and to feel that strength in yourself. Like, you know, we have to embrace that and to know that we know, we have to know that we are enough and that we can do things even if the world tries to tell us that we can't. I think that's so inspiring. And that's something that every single person listening to this conversation right now can relate that at some point in their life, someone told them or tried to make them feel that they were not enough and that they couldn't do the thing that they wanted to do. And I think that's such an important message. And that defiance too, you know, having that chip on your shoulder sometimes is sometimes what you need to push past and to achieve the thing that you've set out to do. I'd love to know the people in our lives, they really do play such an important role, positive or negative in, you know, how we face the world and how we face problems. How do we handle the naysayers in our lives so that we can approach it from a positive place and break past the things that they're saying? Yeah. I, I always think about it in my head as like a marathon runner, you know, like heading into the final mile, like what is it that you can dig down deep inside of yourself and find that's going to push you through that final leg, right? And so for me, it was all of this like negativity. And I could, I mean, I could have very easily just let it overcome me. And who knows where my life would be. But it's like, you really have to just take all of that and transmute it somehow so that it becomes a force that you can use to propel you instead of letting it derail you. And it's really hard to do that. And I think, you know, this is a, this is like an ongoing life practice for me. Like I'm going to always have those voices inside of me that tell me that like, maybe I'm not good enough, you know? And I think even part of this writing process, even being an accomplished entrepreneur who's you know pioneered a lot of things in the women's travel space, I still, in the process of writing this book, kept thinking like, you're not good enough to write this. Like, you're not an author. You write travel guide books. Like, all of these kinds of thoughts, I think, are so super common. And for me, I just know that it's going to be a forever journey to continually question them when they come up. And to force myself to be like, nope, I'm going to show you, you know, <laughs> like, even if I'm saying it to myself, like, you really just have to have to flip that on its head and to question why these thoughts are popping up, whether they're coming from other people or they're coming from yourself and how you being the strong human that you are, you know, can can transform them. Well, first of all, I just have to say that with your first more of a memoir type of book, you have a beautiful way of storytelling, but I understand the imposter syndrome and that's something that I often struggle with as well. But you touched on a couple of things you were talking about, you know, the people 
externally who maybe those naysayers or as you refer to them in the book as the block makers. Mm -hmm. And then of course, what's within us, what can we do with those block makers and with setting some of those boundaries around them? Because sometimes those are people that we can easily cut out of our lives and sometimes they aren't. So what tips do you have? Yeah, it's really hard when they are people that you can't cut out of your life. But I do believe that even those people, you can cut out certain parts of your life, you know, like you don't, Mm -hmm. you just have to create boundaries and what you're willing to and what you are not willing to share. I mean, I even have family members that it's like, (laughs) we don't talk about certain topics because they're just too hot button for them. And we have very different viewpoints. So um, someone that I really love and admire is Denise DT, and she writes this book called Chillpreneur, but she talks about it as bean dipping, which is like, you know, somebody's coming at you trying to talk about politics and you know you have different views and you can be like, have you tried the bean dip? You know, so you, (laughs) you kind of do have to like divert some of that. I think, you know, just to thwart off any, any conflict, if you're just not in a space where you can handle it. And I think really it comes down to boundaries and again, to questioning everything, even if you're not, you know, willing to say it out loud to that person, I think it certainly starts with you. For me, um, the process of writing this book and like believing that I was a person worthy of writing a book like this began with therapy, you know? (laughs) And it's funny because like, I'm a really happy go lucky, you know, fun loving person. And, and then at some point, and after I turned 30, I just started to see all the cracks in the veneer. And I was like, my God, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. Like, I think I really have to deal with some of this stuff that I've just always, you know, just shouldered and just kind of pushed through. So writing this book also involved me, you know, talking to a therapist, seeing a hypnotherapist, doing Reiki, like really, you know, doing a lot of manifesting, doing a lot of journaling and like getting right with myself especially because this book is super personal and it involves telling stories that affect people in my life that I love. So, you know, a lot of that was fear. Like, are they going to reject me? Are they, you know, are they going <laughs> to, is the internet going to turn on them? You know, like, and it, it's, it's, it's hard when you really do care about these people, even if you're angry for the way that they've hurt you or, even if you know that you might never have to see them again, it's just, it's, it's difficult to tell your truth, especially if your truth surrounds some form of trauma. So I think we might not be strong enough to say it directly to the people that are involved, but we can start with healing ourselves in that journey. And that's, you know, that's where I am. And I have to say like the process of writing this book actually also helped me to heal and to let go of some of that anger and some of those hurts that I felt. And, you know, now as a, as a human who's sit who's sitting here looking my, my book in the face and watching it climb the charts, it's like, I don't even feel the same way that I felt when I started writing it. Like the process of writing it helped to change my own feelings about my past. And it healed a lot of my relationships too. I've never been closer with my mother. I think that was one thing I was really worried about was, you know, I'm talking a lot about my step family, but like, how is that going to reflect on my mom? You know, and she and I really had to have some, some open conversations and it led to like extreme growth. And so that is a beautiful, beautiful thing that I think happens when you finally, 
you know, let those stories out and like give them, you know, keep them inside anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's something so cathartic about sharing your story and how that can help you heal and you're helping other people heal as well that, you know, you may not see them, you may not hear from them, but they're reading your words and maybe have gone through a similar situation or similar feelings. And there's something healing in that as well. You're healing the world. And I truly believe that anybody should go to therapy. I, yeah. I really. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. The older I get and the more, uh, you know, the more I learn about the world, the more I think, wow, we all have our demons. We all have our traumatic things that have happened yeah. to us. And, you know, so often it can be really hard to figure out how to get past that or, you know, how we're going to use that as fuel. Because I think that's something that's so powerful in your book is that so many of these women, you know, really all of these women had a challenge, had a traumatic experience oftentimes, and we're able to turn that into something really good. But I think not acknowledging those challenges doesn't really allow you to do that. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I mean, especially in travel, like you can run to the ends of the earth and, and try to heal. And in a lot of ways that is healing, but ultimately you have to come back to yourself and see what and where do I carry this and how can I fix it? You know, like yeah. how do I get the upper hand in it? And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just personal growth is 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 hard. <laughs> yeah. you have to kind of always up level. And I think travel before I before I realized what was really happening, and which was that you know that I was super affected by the way that I was raised, rightfully so. Before I realized that, I just traveled, and and every time I would go someplace new and accomplish something I would just feel so proud of myself because like I did that you know I figured out mm -hmm. the trains in Japan and I figured out how to take the bus in China to the big Buddha and like and it was really hard and scary but I, I felt so accomplished in these adventures and then later as I was writing this book and I was sharing some of these stories which were like my most beloved travel memories I also had to question like but why do I have to keep proving it to myself you know mm -hmm. so you really kind of peel back the like the onion you know? <laughs> like but why do I have to do that like why can't I just ride the bus and that's it you know <laughs> it's funny I think that there's something, you know, when it comes to travel, I mean, it teaches so much about ourselves and it gives you such a confidence, but you're right. I think I, I find myself as well, as far as, you know, public speaking goes, that was something that I used to shake in high school before I did public speaking. And now I host a podcast. I, I work in community engagement and PR. I do it all the time. And I still refer to myself as someone who's terrified of public speaking. And I'm like, when does it become a point when this is something, you know, something yeah. that I do every single day and it's something I've gotten to be good at, but you still find yourself having to prove it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or to just question your own thoughts. It's like, but why do I think that I can't do that? Like, why do I think I'm not a public speaker? I have a podcast. Like I'm constantly <laughs> speaking publicly, but it's really funny the stories that we tell ourselves and the way that they worm their way into our brains. And so, you know, I think the reason that I wanted to turn this book into a collection of stories is to really prove that like everyone does this, like everyone, every, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what age you are or race you are or what corner of the world you live in, like we all have these kinds of limiting beliefs about ourselves and yeah, we got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, I know that you want to stay away from the comparison game, but at the same time, reading the stories in this book of such accomplished women and seeing that they too had doubts and they too had people telling them that they couldn't do it. I think that is almost a comfort a lot of times for the reader to see that, wow, these women did amazing things and they didn't always believe necessarily that they could do it, but they went and they did it. Yeah, I know. And and even just like how I was talking about, you know, the emotional aspect of writing the book, like they, these other women in this book, like really carried me in a lot of ways. And they, you know, they didn't know that they were doing this, but there were definitely late nights where I was confronting pains and doubts and fears. And I would think about their stories and I would think about, you know, their tenacity and their strength. And, and I would just be like, this is like, I'm just a pebble in the universe. If that, I'm a speck on this planet, you know, I've, it's like the things that are so big and so hurtful to you are like in the scheme of life, you know, not that big. And I think that's a really important reminder when it feels really overwhelming and, you know, you feel like you're never good, you can't get ahead and you're never going to get out of it. And you just have to remember that you're not alone in struggle and like them, you can triumph. And so they, I, I've told them this, but I don't even know if they believe it, but it's like the ladies in the book, like they really healed me, you know, it was, it's, it's not just a, a book to me. Like it's very much my heart and soul. And, and so having them be a part of it, I think also held my hand a little bit and made me brave enough to tell these kinds of stories that I was just really scared to, to share publicly. Well, I think it translates very well to the page that you did put your heart into this and hearing these other stories too and how you relate to these women. And then for me as a reader, how I can relate to some of the stories as well and the ones where maybe they did go through different challenges. You still have those self-doubts and the naysayers and all of that where there's some piece of every story in there where there's something that you can relate to and something you can take from it. I'd love to know how you connected with these women and start to hear their stories. Totally, yeah. A lot of it was really serendipitous. I had this idea that I wanted to create this book, and I knew it would be much stronger if it included a diverse array of perspectives and and challenges and triumphs. And so I put a call out on Hara, help a reporter out. And just that one random little thing that I had thought, you know, late at night, oh, I think it may be, I'm a journalist, so maybe I'll, I'll use this. And, and I was able to, I got like 300 some emails from it. And I mean, just the stories that I got in my inbox alone from this one little call out that said, hey, you know, I have this idea for a book and I'm looking for women who've gone through adversity and who use that as fuel to kind of push themselves forward. I mean, that was my first initial inkling that maybe this could really be something special because instantly the reaction was like, I want to tell you my story. (laughs) And it was so cool because it was also March, 2020. So the world every day felt more and more terrifying. I barely left my apartment and I was just spending my time doing Zoom calls and Zoom interviews with these women who had overcome so much. And it really, I mean, it got me through it in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. they were like these heart to heart conversations that we had. And and it was just beautiful. It was like, let me show you who I am and what I've gone through. And like, let me hear who you are, and what you've gone through. And it's just like, 
I mean, and it forged these friendships that I, I, we really, we spoke, most of these women and I, we we did the interview and then we spoke via email, but like, they feel like my soul sisters, you know, because we just from the get go, we were like, here's my, here's my heart, you know? And I think that was like a really, maybe it will forever be like a time capsule in my head, you know, of, of what March and April 2020 felt like mm-hmm. and how like, how that became the place that I turned to, to kind of give myself hope <laughs> and and fuel my energy somewhere but yeah it, it's it all came together very serendipitously and it just felt easy and I think when you do the things that you're really meant to do like you feel called to do it it is like that you know doors just open and people just appear and I would speak to someone and they would say oh you know you really got to talk to Alexa like she is so cool she's done this and that oh you really got to talk to Shannon I mean and they would refer me to other people in their life who'd inspired them so it just kind of grew and grew and grew and then now I mean months before this book even came out I started an Instagram account and a podcast where I was sharing more stories that I couldn't fit in the first book and I keep getting DMs that are just so cool it's like I was told that I was never going to play basketball and now I'm like a starting player for University of, you know, Michigan. And I was told that, I mean, just like all sorts of things. And so that kind of spirit of like, I want to, I want to tell you what I did based on the people that tried to tell me that I couldn't. I just, I love it. <laughs> like it, it lights me up, you know, and because it, it's like, yeah, girl, you do it. Like you show them. <laughs> I think those are such great stories to be able to surround yourself with, especially during a time that is so uncertain and frankly depressing, I think, because yeah. you, you know, you're not seeing your friends in person the same way. I think the loneliness of the pandemic, it hit me later than I expected being an introvert, but I found very similar experience with starting a podcast during this time that all of a sudden connecting with all of these incredible people that really got me through some of the darkest times of this mm-hmm. and hearing the stories of people who had challenges that I maybe have not had to face. I've, you know, we've yeah. all had our share, but I have certain privileges that others do not. And to hear their stories and to be inspired by the amazing things they've done, I think this was such a ser- you know, you used the, mm-hmm. the word I'm thinking, a serendipitous time for that. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it really was. And I think that's just how the universe works, right? It's like, okay, yeah. well, maybe you kind of have to trust that the divine timing is what it's supposed to be. And, and there were so many times in this project where like, I tried to get this book out by March, but it just wasn't exactly the way I wanted it. Or I tried to push it in a certain way. And I finally just had to get to the place where I'm like, this is going to come out at exactly the time that it's supposed to come out because that's how the world works. So you really, you can only control so much and, you know, you just have to, to lead heart forward and, and hope for the best. Now I'd love to know for those who haven't read the book yet, for the women you spoke with, what were some of the things they had in common that kind of pushed them through adversity and, you know, yeah. do you, maybe even if you'd like to share a couple of those stories. Yeah, totally. Well, there's 35 and they are <laughs> all totally different from one another, but they do have something in common in that someone has always tried to tell them that they can't. And I think what really surprised me that I heard over and over again was how often educators and like guidance counselors are sometimes the first people who tell us that we can't do something or that we're not good at something. 
And I heard that again and again. And I heard that, mm-hmm. especially when I was speaking with women of color, which is so sad and like mm-hmm. broke my heart because I was hearing stories of these just badass women who are getting straight A's who are like on a roll. And then they're being told by guidance counselors that like maybe community college is the only college for them or like maybe they shouldn't try for Harvard, you know, and it, it's really saddening because I think it happens at all ages, but you know, when it happens when you're younger, like say you really love art and you start to draw and then your art teacher tells you that you're not a good you know, you're not a good painter, or they make some kind of joke, like, mm, maybe painting's not for you. You really believe that, because you mm-hmm. think, well, they're a teacher, like, they see art all day long, so therefore, you know, I must not be a good artist, and then that closes off a path that could be open to you, and it might take you years to open it again, you know, so that was something that I really also thought was similar, and I also heard from almost every single woman, well, compared to her story, you know, mine's nothing. And I think that is such a symptom of the world that we live in, where, you know, we have to kind of figure out who has it the worst and like, negate everything else. But trauma is trauma is trauma. You know, (laughs) My therapist said it in a great way one day, because I was talking to her about this. And she said, you know, you can drown in six inches of water, or you can drown in six feet, like the end result is the same. If you live through something, and it affects you, then that is your truth. And so every single story, you know, I had to keep telling them like, but your story is your story and it's valid and it's true and it's strong. And so I think I, I, it surprised me how often we do that, like thinking that like, oh, well, my story is nothing, you know, like my, my struggles aren't anything, but like every life experience and every life pain is valid and all of it can be fuel. That's something that I often fall into as well. And probably, again, like the majority of people listening to this, even just having a conversation not too long ago with a friend who will be coming on the podcast. And, you know, we had a pre-call to kind of talk about her situation. And when I was sharing some of what I had gone through, I was very quick to qualify that, well, what I went through wasn't nearly as bad. And she's like, please don't say that. And But at the same time, it's something that, you know, we – feel so inclined to do. And the educators and guidance counselors, that one really made me sad reading some of those stories, even the teachers that maybe accused the student of plagiarism. I remember in the one story. Mm -hmm. And then another story where where they were like, well, best you can hope for is to be a shift manager at McDonald's. And it's like, excuse me? (laughs) Like, thank God she didn't listen. That woman went on to be an architect and like is a total badass in life. But you have to question why people are saying these things. And like, is it just, you know, is it their bad day? Is it their own limiting beliefs? Are they doing it out of what they think is kindness to spare you any pain? Or are they doing it because they're insecure that you're going to go far? Like, I mean, I think people say it for so many different reasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just, yeah, it's just really disheartening to hear it again and again. Cause it's like, come on. And why is it always with women? Like, yes. You know, and maybe it isn't. Like, I'm sure there are men listening to this who are like, you know, a million people have told me that I can't do things. But for some reason, it seems to stick with us a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. somebody put a pin on you and, and it never goes away. So we have to kind of be the ones to pull it out and be like, nope, I don't believe this anymore. You know, I'm going to draw and I'm going to be an architect and I'm going to go to Harvard and all of these women did. And that's what's awesome about this book. Absolutely. I think it can get so difficult sometimes to get, you know, entrenched in those thoughts and the things that people, especially when they say it to you 
at a young age, I had a teacher that told my parents that I was really smart, but that there was something missing. And I have used that as fuel. And if my 11th grade history teacher is listening to this, but exactly. Yeah. And I would like to think that I am a lot more than what she said. But when when we don't rise above those things and we can't get out of those limiting, that, that can be really challenging. And so it was so inspiring, you know, seeing these stories and, and how they rose above what, what these people were saying to them. Yeah. And it's it's defiance, pure and simple. It's like, nope, I I refuse to go along with this. I'm not subscribing to this. I'm not, you know, I am not passing go. Like this is not the way that things are going to go for me. And I'm going to be the one that decides who I am and what I can do and where I can go with it. And I, I wish that we made that more okay, because mm-hmm. I think still yet, I still think that it is, it is largely a gender issue. Mm-hmm. It's certainly an, an oppressive tactic for communities of color and for the LGBT community, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we're just always putting this on people to try to keep them in whatever track we think they should stay into. But like, I guess it's on us to say, like, screw all of that. (laughs) We have to live our own truths and tell our own stories and go boldly into what we want our lives to look like. Definitely. Now for someone listening who maybe hasn't gotten to that defiant point yet, they're feeling down either from the external naysayers or, you know, just the thoughts they have in their own head, probably the things they've internalized over the years. How can they respond to those challenges and start to create meaning and push past that? I think number one, pick up this book because it's (laughs) full of actionable takeaway tips on how to do this in your own life. But also you really have to start creating the community that you need to get through these kinds of things. Like you need to build up a supportive network, whether it's virtual or in person, you need to turn down the volume on people who are the most negative or who you don't feel have great intentions in your friendship or in your life. And you need to turn up the volume on the people that really support you full out. And I think you need to constantly be pushing yourself to do things that you're really scared of doing because doing them makes you feel fearless. And like, that is the kind of energy that I try to always get myself in because you can fall back on that when it gets hard again. You can be like, oh gosh, but you know what? I hiked Machu Picchu. Like, <laughs> of course I can write a book. <laughs> you know? so yeah. I think you have to push, push yourself constantly, question constantly and create a supportive network of people. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, my friends were my family and they still are like those very same friends are, they are working the booth at Women's Travel Fest. They are the people that I can call at 2 a.m., day or night, who I know support me and have my back. And it goes both ways. And that is so important in in creating confidence for yourself. It's like just surrounding yourself with people who say that you can. I love that. I, I've noticed that difference for myself as well, whether it was bad relationships where the boyfriend said I couldn't do it or just friends that would kind of be maybe a little bit overly mocking of mm-hmm. things that you were trying to do. And I, I've definitely seen that in some of the stories you shared in the book. And having your group and having your people, that makes such a difference. And I saw something not too long ago about boundaries and how they were saying that a lot of times when you try to set a boundary, people are thinking like, oh, it's because you're trying to cut me out of your life. 
But a lot of times it is so that we can keep that person. Yeah. And so, you know, just reframe the relationship. Totally. I mean, I'm pretty slow to remove anyone in my life because my friends are so super important to me. But there are definitely relationships that I have and friendships that I have that I'm like, okay, I, I love to share this kind of stuff with you, but mm-hmm. not so much this kind of stuff because I don't need to hear a lot of opinions all the time. And like, mm-hmm. I just, I also think like as a creative you kind of can't always open yourself up to everyone's opinions because mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone has them and you have to just kind of focus on your own journey and your own happiness and your own lane and create what feels right to you. Definitely. Now, another thing that I noticed in your book that was a common thread and something that I know it was in your toolkit for success as well, I think for a lot of those people who were maybe struggling with what to do next or getting past the naysayers, I think finding a purpose was something huge for them. Mm-hmm. But I you know, that's such a big concept. And I think finding your purpose can be a little scary sometimes. Do you have any tips for finding that purpose? I think it is really scary sometimes, especially if you have no idea what that is. And I think that can be a really long journey in and of itself. So one of the people in the book, her name's Ray. She's so awesome. But she shares the story of how she was kind of bamboozled into joining Jehovah's Witness, more or less. Like she fell in love with a man who was part of the religion and she knew that she couldn't progress in the relationship unless she converted. So, and she did, and she did everything by the book and she did everything that they told her to do. And, you know, all the while she was having all these physical symptoms that like something wasn't right. Her stomach was a mess. And, you know, she just knew like she wasn't happy, but she thought that she was right. And it, it was a journey for her to figure out in the aftermath of that, after they split up and she really got to figure out who she was she shares what she did, which is really just that she gave herself permission to throw everything at the wall of figuring out what she liked and, you know, what she didn't like and what was going to work for her. So she took Krav Maga classes. She took pottery and she hated it. You know, like (laughs) she took swimming lessons. She went wakeboarding. Like she did all of these different things. And I think I heard that also throughout the prevailers section, specifically with women who've come out of abusive relationships or, abusive situations where they've kind of lost pieces of their identity. It's like figuring out who you are and what makes you happy just really revolves a lot of trial and error. Like try fishing, see if you like it, you know, try parasailing, whatever it is, just kind of give yourself permission to play. And I know it's easy to say that, right? And and the reality is that these things cost money and you have to just be okay with spending that money on investing in yourself and just seeing what makes you happy and like from the things that light you up pulling purpose from that so you you might not know that like right now as an accountant that you're meant to be a pottery teacher right and you might not (laughs) you might not realize that until you get your hands in the clay but I think giving yourself the opportunity to play and to see what what lights you up and what makes you feel good is kind of how you can discover purpose and then on the flip side of that If you're someone like me who grew up in an environment that was emotionally abusive, like I did, or you grew up around people who just kind of felt like they were just intentionally trying to hurt you or throw, like trip you up or throw negativity at you. I mean, I think for me, my element of processing that was always writing. Like I used to always lock myself in the bathroom and just write poetry forever. 
So I knew that writing was going to be my medium for getting it all out and finding this book or how it found me is really like the end result of giving it a purpose. And um, one of the ladies in the book, she talks about how meaning is the sixth stage of grief. So like mm. you felt it, you've gone through it, you've processed it, and now you need to find a way to give it meaning to like complete the circle. So for me, this book was, was meaning, <laughs> like it was what it was all for, you know, and it gave it all a place to go. And so if you can get to the place where you've processed it, and now you can figure out how to use that to positively impact others, I think that is really when you, you know, become unstoppable. I love that. And I, I loved that sixth stage. It started to make me think a little bit about situations I've been through and how I've pulled meaning from them. And I think you make such a good point about the abusive relationships or, you know, toxic relationships and how that can sometimes make it so difficult to know what do you actually enjoy and what does light you up. Because when you're in the situation, a lot of times nothing really does or it doesn't in the way that it could. And I found for me getting out of my relationship in my early 20s, it was a lot of just, if it sounded kind of interesting to me, just going and doing it and seeing if I liked it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like giving yourself permission to playing it and, mm-hmm. you know, and letting yourself spend the 14 bucks on the class or whatever it takes. I think we, um, I think it's really important that we all find what makes us, you know, the happiest and what makes us feel most like us. Definitely. Now, I think one area that a lot of us can have self-doubt as women, and this is in several of the stories in the book as well, I think is travel. And um, you've been very active in the travel world in multiple different ways. And I'd love to know how travel played into your life and how it kind of inspired this sense of resilience that you have. Yeah, totally. So travel, (laughs) I don't even know how to find the words to explain how travel has changed my life, right? But I know that I have found myself again and again and again on the edges of the earth in the Sahara Desert, in Antarctica. I have found myself in New Zealand. And and when I say find myself, I mean like really been confronted with the essence of who I am. And, you know, it's like you can go so far just kind of moving through the motions of life and like I think travel was one of the ways in which I really got to consciously make decisions for you know where I wanted to go when I wanted to go and what I wanted to see and how I wanted like my life to play out so I I definitely attribute travel to to being the first kind of vehicle for proving to myself you know, that I'm capable and I'm strong and I'm worthy and I'm kind and, and also proving to myself that the world is good and people are mostly good and, you know, and the world is largely safe and, and kind of, you know, pushing past anyone who says otherwise. And so travel, I've been now to every continent on earth, which is not something I ever thought that I would say. Um, But again and again, I found opportunities that would just pop up for me. And I think travel just really reminded me like how small the planet really is. You know, like if I wanted Mm -hmm. to right now, I could get on a plane and tomorrow I could wake up on the other side of the globe. Like it's pretty wild to think about how possible 
travel is. It's really just a matter of buying the ticket and going, you know, <laughs> and we get so caught up in the stages of getting to those two steps, but like, that's literally all it is. So <laughs> you can condense it, you know, and we, we tell ourselves excuses or other people tell us it isn't safe or we can't afford it or, you know, we're going to get robbed or whatever. And I think travel is such a great way to like, just really silence those voices and see how much beauty there is in the world and how people will show up and support you when you need them most and when you least expect it. I love that. And you brought up a point too that came up in a couple of the stories, but also something that I think a lot of us question as women as well is the safety aspect of traveling as a woman, you know, even walking through parking lot mm-hmm. as a woman, I feel oftentimes, but especially, you know, that solo travel as well. And as someone who has written travel guidebooks, I would love to know what tips you have for women who are looking to incorporate more travel and talk to me about, you know, the safety of that travel, because I think that is something that, you know, we fear a lot of the time and I've done some solo travel, but there's certainly that fear in the back of my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think for however far you go, you still have more to go, right? So, (laughs) but getting out there, taking that first trip, you know, whether it's like three hours from where you live or it's a day and a half from where you live, I think it, it builds upon itself. It's another one of those mediums that you can use to kind of like prove to yourself what the world is. And I I firmly believe that the world is mostly safe and that people are mostly good. And I know that for a fact, or I believe that for a fact, because I've been in situations that could have very easily gone the other way. And like when I was at my most afraid, like whether on the side of the highway in Uruguay at three o'clock in the morning or, you know, or um, at a bus station in Chile at five o'clock in the morning, by myself, I have found that angels pop up, you know, and people, humans who are like, do you need something? Like, are you okay? And so I really, I'm not saying like, go out and be reckless, but I do believe that like, you should be cautious, but not paranoid, because I believe there are more good people than there are bad. And I think that even if bad things happen, you have within you the power and strength to figure out the next step and to, you know, to conquer through it. So like the worst thing that's ever happened to me while traveling. And I know this is, this is lucky. is like, I've been robbed, but, and that is terrifying and it sucks. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, okay, but I, I'm resourceful enough to know what to do now and to know that like, maybe I can't control a lot of things, but like I can figure it out. And that's also a lesson. So travel is full of lessons. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think you just, you connect with amazing people. You develop a new perspective. And I think as we talked about, you gain that confidence because you did the thing and you tried something new and maybe navigated a new subway system by yourself or did something different that you hadn't done before. And I think that there's something so empowering about that, especially as women who are constantly being told you're not going to be able to do that. I think for me, my biggest regrets in life were the things that I believed I couldn't do it, so I didn't do it. 
Yeah, I know. And it's like, and it's almost like our obligation to do those things so that other people can see that they can be done. You know, like we have, we have to create like a ripple effect. And also if you can navigate one public transit system, you can navigate them all. <laughs> Even if they're in Japanese, like I, I firmly believe that. I wish I knew that in college because I turned down an opportunity that would have been a longer term internship program. It was one of those um, not to say you can't do this as an adult, but it was a lot more accessible as a student without the same responsibilities that I would have going into a full time. And I really thought I'm not going to be able to handle public transit. Well, I actually have a great sense of direction. When I did a short term study abroad, I figured out the subway the first day. And I thought, oh, man, this is a missed opportunity that, you know, that I think other opportunities will come my way and I'll certainly say yes to those yeah. when they arise. But isn't it funny that we can like build that up in our heads so much that we're mm. like, oh no, I can't say yes because I can't figure out the subway. <laughs> and then you figure out the subway and you're like, God, what was I so afraid of? You know? <laughs> Why didn't I do this sooner? So I think we we do that to ourselves in big and small ways. And I think it's just because like getting outside of what you're comfortable with is scary, point blank no matter how you do it, which is why you have to do it so that the next risk doesn't feel as scary. 100%. Now, I would love to dive into a few of our rapid fire questions so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Ooh, fun. <laughs> yes. So what is your top wellness tip? Drink a lot of water. <laughs> drink way more water than you think you need. <laughs> a great travel tip too I think Mm -hmm. and drink it before you think you need it I think that's the other thing is like if you feel like you need to drink water it's too late (laughs) you're already behind so (laughs) I try to just always stay hydrated that that is such a good one and something that I am definitely working on now this one I think is going to be probably the hardest question I ask you this entire time what is your favorite travel destination oh (laughs) that's so hard for me New Zealand is always going to have like a very special place in my heart because uh, it was the first place that I really moved to abroad and I lived there for a year and I worked for a company that did Lord of the Rings tours (laughs) and it was and I was 22 you know and it was kind of like that point in time in my life when I started to realize like there was an alternative way of living because I was surrounded by travelers who had come back from Bali and they would tell me about Bali and I was like, oh yeah, I could go to Bali, you know, and it sort of felt like everything was possible. So New Zealand for sure in Antarctica, which I, I went to totally happenstance, like with 10 days notice, <laughs> which is like not a destination you just kind of end up in, but I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, it changed my life because it felt like I was looking at the world three million years ago like what it was yeah. like before we damaged it and so that was really beautiful that's amazing and every time I think of New Zealand I do think of Lord of the Rings and the, just those beautiful landscapes oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. It's such a crazy <laughs> year of my life like I would work in the shop and and people would come in like speaking elvish to me like, <laughs> wearing you know long flowy capes and it was like okay all right <laughs> you're living your truth so this is I think <laughs> it's just a really special time what an amazing experience now if you were an animal what animal would you be and why a lion <laughs> because I'm a Leo and um, I just identify with that animal. Very cool. I am a Leo moon. 
Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I just feel the Leo energy always, which is probably a super Leo thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? I could master a completely new skill. Um, I really want to try acrylic painting, you know, pour painting, like where you put acrylic paint in a cup and you kind of just create different shapes with it. I would love to get into like resin and fluid art and maybe one day I will, you know. That would be so cool. You'll definitely have to share some of that artwork with me. I, I think that's awesome. It's hard because, you know, being a creative person is like pretty much every time I take a shower, I come up with another idea. So <laughs> I have to, um, I have to be intentional about the ones that I execute and the ones that I maybe just, you know, am feeling the impulse to try. I totally get that. I ha I feel like I have a note in my phone of even just like a turn of phrase that I think could be used for something. And, mm -hmm. some, you know, because you have so many ideas come to you and then you're thinking, is this a good idea or is this just an idea? Yeah, totally. And I sit on those kinds of things forever. Like I have a domain right now mm -hmm. that I bought probably 10 years ago and I'm, I'm finally think that I know what I'm going to do with it and like what I could create with it. And I think it just takes like it takes my brain a while to reach the appropriate time to like execute a thing. Absolutely. And so what would be next for you on your bucket list? Ooh, bucket list. Travel wise, I definitely want to go to Petra. It's um, actually the only world wonder that I've never seen. So Petra in Jordan is really high on my list and Mongolia. It's funny because on my last birthday, I made a list of places and my friends were like, why do we have to go to Mongolia? Why can't you just go to like Costa Rica like everyone else? Um, but I, I really, um, I want to see so many things. So travel wise, that's it for sure. And then business wise, I really love spending my time talking to cool ladies doing cool things. So I want to continue to publish these books and maybe turn them into a series. It's sort of my like secret goal and dream to create the new like feminist version of chicken soup for the soul and kind of just have like <laughs> a compilation of just powerful stories and to really continue to elevate the voices of others because I think that's that's what my purpose is here. I think that's so inspiring. And the 35 stories you do share in the first book are incredible. So I can only imagine there are so many amazing people out there with great stories to tell that maybe haven't been told yet. And so I think that's such an exciting thing for you to get to do. And I will definitely be one of the first in line to purchase the books. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's something so simple. And I think sometimes the, the best ideas for us are the ones that are just right there in front of you. It's like, you know, this concept of can and can't, like yeah. everyone can identify with that, you know? And I think I've spent a solid decade kind of reinventing the wheel and creating these businesses from scratch. And like, I'm thankful for those experiences because, you know, they really forged me and gave me friendships and relationships. But then it's also like, but what if it could just be easy? Like, what if I could just do what <laughs> I think I'm really good at, which is talking to cool ladies. So, um, so I'm just trying to kind of simplify things now, you know? And I can definitely relate to that. I think, you know, getting to talk to such amazing people through the podcast and, you know, for you as well, now that you've launched that I and mean, have gotten to listen to a couple of the episodes, but having those opportunities to talk to other people, I think that sparks your creativity in ways you'd never expect as well. Yeah, totally. And I mean, ultimately, 
in my opinion, life is 100% about the people that you meet along the way and travel also. You can be in a beautiful destination with a terrible person and it sucks. It ruins the experience, <laughs> you know? You can be in the worst and most random place with the best person and have the best time. So I think people are everything. And so the more you put yourself in the path of people and, and connect with them really in, in a way that isn't like trying to get anything from them, like just genuinely as who you are is, is like really, that's the good stuff. You know, that's what it's all about. I completely agree. I absolutely love that. Now, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. I really loved getting to chat with you and hear your story and the stories of the other women in the book as well. I think it's just such an inspiring book and that everybody listening should get their hands on a copy. So can you tell us how our listeners can find you, all of the various ventures that you're doing and connect with you and get their copy of the book? Totally. So I think the easiest way is to find me on the internet. I'm everywhere at Go Kelly Lewis. And then you can find any of my brands, you know, through me on social or at GoKellyLewis.com. And then for Tell Her She Can't, it's everywhere um, on the internet. So it's at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, Apple. So it's Tell Her She Can't. And then you can also go to TellHerSheCan't.com. Awesome. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this was so much fun. And I just, I really appreciate you having me on. It was such a joy to have the chance to speak with Kelly and learn more of her story and what inspired her to write this book. It's truly a must read. I think anyone who is trying to overcome some of those challenges, some of those naysayers, this might be just the book that you're looking for. I really loved what she had to say about finding meaning in the challenges we face as well. I think sometimes it can feel meaningless, you know, and I don't personally believe that everything happens for a reason the way that some might. But I do believe that we can find meaning in the things that do happen in our lives and let those events really fuel us. So if you enjoyed the conversation that we had, you will truly love reading her book. She dives deeper into her own life experiences and we get to hear the stories of other women who pushed past people who told them that they can't. And Kelly's truly a gifted storyteller. The stories that you read will truly inspire you. And she also has a podcast as well where she dives into some stories that didn't make the cut. So I highly encourage you to check that out as well. I've linked her book, her podcast, and her website and social media in the show notes as well so that you could find her and connect. Now, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you can always lend your support to the show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for being a part of the Wellness and Wanderlust community. And as always, if you have a topic or a guest that you'd like us to explore on the podcast, please feel free to email me at valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or DM me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. Hit that subscribe button to keep up with new episodes and share this with a friend. I hope you have a wonderful day. I can't wait to see you next Thursday.